Chapter Forty Six of Miss Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter Forty Six. It must be allowed that Lucilla's decision caused a very general surprise in Carlingford, where people had been disposed to think that she would be rather glad now that things were so changed to get away to be sure it was not known for some time but everybody's idea was that being thus left alone in the world and in circumstances so reduced miss marjoribanks naturally would go to live with somebody perhaps with her aunt who had something though she was not rich perhaps after a little to visit about among her friends of whom she had so many nobody doubted that lucilla would abdicate at once and a certain uneasy yet delicious sense of freedom had already stolen into the hearts of some of the ladies in grange lane they lamented it is true the state of chaos into which everything would fall and the dreadful loss miss marjoribanks would be to society but still freedom is a noble thing and lucilla's subjects contemplated their emancipation with a certain guilty delight it was at the same time a most fertile subject of discussion in carlingford and gave rise to all those lively speculations and consultations and oft-renewed comparing of notes which take the place of bets in the feminine community the carlingford ladies as good as betted upon lucilla whether she would go with her aunt or pay mrs beverley a visit at the deanery or retire to mount pleasant for a little where those good old miss blunts were so fond of her each of these opinions had its backers if it is not profane to say so and the discussion which of them miss marjoribanks would choose waxed very warm it almost put the election out of people's heads and indeed the election had been sadly damaged in interest and social importance by the sad and most unexpected event which had just happened in grange lane but when the fact was really known it would be difficult to describe the sense of guilt and horror which filled many innocent bosoms the bound of freedom had been premature liberty and equality had not come yet notwithstanding that too early unwise elan of republican satisfaction it was true that she was in deep mourning and that for a year at least society must be left to its own devices and it was true also that she was poor which might naturally be supposed a damper upon her energies but at the same time carlingford knew its lucilla as long as she remained in grange lane even though retired and in crape the constitutional monarch was still present among her subjects and nobody could usurp her place or show that utter indifference to her regulations which some revolutionaries had dreamed of such an idea would have gone direct in the face of the british constitution and the sense of the community would have been dead against it but everybody who had speculated upon her proceedings disapproved of lucilla in her most unlooked-for resolution some could not think how she could bear it staying on there when everything was so changed and some said it was a weakness they could never have believed to exist in her and some for there are spiteful people everywhere 
breathed the names of cavendish and ashburton the rival candidates and hinted that miss marjoribanks had something in her mind to justify her lingering if lucilla had not been supported by a conscious sense of rectitude she must have broken down before this universal disapprobation not a soul in the world except one supported her in her resolution and that was perhaps of all others the one least likely to be able to judge and it was not for want of opportunity to go elsewhere aunt jemima as has been seen did not lose an instant in offering the shelter of her house to her niece and mrs beverley wrote the longest kindest most incoherent letter begging her dear lucilla to come to her immediately for a long visit and adding that though she had to go out a good deal into society she needn't mind for that everything she could think of would be done to make her comfortable to which dr beverley himself who was now a dean added an equally kind postscript begging miss marjoribanks to make her home at the deanery until she saw how things were to be he would have found me a place perhaps lucilla said when she folded up the letter and this was a terrible mode of expression to the genteel ears of mrs john i wish you would not use such words my dear said aunt jemima even if you had been as poor as you thought my house would always have been a home for you thank heaven i have enough for both you never needed to have thought under any circumstances of taking a-a situation it is a thing i could never have consented to which was a very handsome thing of aunt jemima to say thank you aunt said lucilla but she sighed for though it was very kind what was miss marjoribanks to have done with herself in such a dowager establishment and then colonel chiley came in who had also his proposal to make she sent me the colonel said it's been a sad business for us all lucilla i don't know when i have felt anything more and as for her you know she has never held up her head since dear mrs chiley miss marjoribanks said unable to resist the old affection and yet i heard she had sent for dr rider directly lucilla added she knew it was quite natural and perhaps quite necessary but then it did seem hard that his own friends should be the first to replace her dear papa it was i did that said the colonel what was a man to do i was horribly cut up but i could not stand and see her making herself worse and i said you had too much sense to mind so i thought said lucilla with penitence but when i remembered where he was last the very last place it was hard upon the colonel to stand by and see a woman cry it was a thing he could never stand as he had always said to his wife he took the poker which was his favourite resource and made one of his tremendous dashes at the fire to give lucilla time to recover herself and then he turned to aunt jemima who sat pensively by she sent me said the colonel who did not think his wife needed any other name not that i would not have come of my own accord we want lucilla to go to us you see i don't know what plans she may have been making but we are both very fond of her she knows that i think if you have not settled upon anything the best that lucilla can do is come to us she'll be the same as at home and always somebody to look after her the old colonel was standing before the fire wavering a little on his long unsteady old legs and looking wonderfully well preserved and old and feeble 
and lucilla though she was in mourning was so full of life and force in her way it was a curious sort of protection to offer her and yet it was real protection and love and succour though heaven knows it might not perhaps last out the year i am sure colonel chiley it is a very kind offer said aunt jemima and i would have been thankful if she could have made up her mind to go with me but i must say she has taken a very queer notion into her head a thing i should never have expected from lucilla she says she will stay here here uh, uh what does she mean by here said the colonel here colonel chiley in this great big melancholy house i have been thinking about it and talking about it till my head goes round and round unless she were to take inmates said aunt jemima in a resigned and doleful voice as for the colonel he was petrified and for a long time had not a word to say here by jove i think she must have lost her senses said the old soldier why lucilla i-i thought wasn't there something about the money being lost you couldn't keep up this house under a uh, fifteen hundred a year at least the doctor spent a mint of money you must be going out of your senses and to have all the sick people coming and the bell ringing of nights bless my soul it would kill anybody said colonel chiley put on your bonnet and come out with me shutting her up here and letting her cry and so forth i don't say it ain't natural i'm terribly cut up myself whenever i think about it but it's been too much for her head said the colonel with anxiety and consternation mingling in his face unless she were to take inmates you know said aunt jemima in a sepulchral voice there was something in the word that seemed to carry out to a point of reality much beyond anything he had dreamt of the suggestion colonel chiley had just made inmates lord bless my soul what do you mean ma'am said the old soldier lucilla put on your bonnet directly and come have a little fresh air she'll soon be an inmate herself if we leave her here the colonel said they were all very sad and grave and yet it was a droll scene and then the old hero offered lucilla his arm and led her to the door you'll find me in the hall as soon as you are ready he said in tones half gruff half tender and was glad to go downstairs though it was cold and put on his great-coat with the aid of thomas and stand warming the tips of his boots at the hall-fire as for lucilla she obeyed him without a word and it was with his unsteady but kind old arm to lean upon that she first saw how the familiar world looked through the mist of this strange change that had come over it and through the blackness of her crape veil but though she succeeded in satisfying her friends that she had made up her mind she did not secure their approval there were so many objections to her plan if you had been rich even i don't think i should have approved of it lucilla mrs chiley said with tears and i think we could have made you happy here so the good old lady spoke looking round her pretty room which was so warm and cheery and bright and where the colonel neat and precise as if he had come out of a box was standing poking the fire it looked all very solid and substantial and yet it was unstable as any gossamer that the careless passenger might brush away the two good people were so old that they had forgotten to remember they were old but neither did lucilla think of that this was really what she thought and partly said i am in my own house 
that wants no expense nor changing and nancy is getting old and does not mind standing by me and it is not so much trouble after all keeping everything nice when there is no gentleman coming in and nothing else to do and besides i don't mean to be lucilla marchbanks for ever and ever this was the general scope without going into all the details of what lucilla said but at the same time though she was so happy as not to be disturbed in her decision or made uncomfortable either by lamentation or remonstrance and had no doubt in her mind that she was doing right it was disagreeable to miss marjoribanks to go thus in the face of all her friends she went home by herself and the house did look dreary from the outside it was just as it had always been for none of the servants were dismissed as yet nor any external change made but still a look as if it had fallen asleep a look as if it too had died somehow and only pretended to be a house and home was apparent in the aspect of the place and when the servants were gone and nobody remained except lucilla and her faithful nancy and a young maid which must be the furthest limit of miss marchbanks's household and difficult enough to maintain upon two hundred a year what would it look like this thought was more discouraging than any remonstrances and it was with a heavy heart that lucilla re-entered her solitary house she told thomas to follow her upstairs and when she sank tired into a chair and put up her veil before commencing to speak to him it was all she could do to keep from crying the depressing influences of this sad week had told so much on her that she was quite fatigued by her walk to see mrs chiley and thomas too knew why he had been called and stood in a formal manner before her with his hands crossed against the closed door when she put back her thick black veil the last climax of painful change came upon miss marchbanks she did not feel as if she were lucilla so discouraged and depressed and pale and tired with her walk as she was with all sorts of projects and plans so quenched out of her almost if she had been charged with being somebody else the imputation was one which she could not have denied thomas she said faintly i think i ought to speak to you myself about all that has happened we are such old friends and you have been such a good kind servant you know i shan't be able to keep up and sorry we all was miss to hear it said thomas when lucilla's utterance failed i am sure there never was a better master though particular and for a comfortabler house if i had been as poor papa expected to leave me said miss marchbanks after a little pause everything would have gone on as usual but after your long service here and so many people as know you thomas you will have no difficulty in getting as good a place and you know that anything i can say thank you miss said thomas and then he made a pause it was not exactly that as i was thinking of i've set my heart this many a day on a little business if you would be so kind as to speak a word for me to the gentleman as has the licensing there ain't nobody as knows better how what kind of business thomas said lucilla who cheered up a little in ready interest and would have been very glad if she could have taken a little business too well miss a kind of a quiet public house if i don't make too bold to name it said thomas with a deprecating air not one of them drinking-places miss as i know ladies can't abide but many a man as is a very decent man wants his pint o beer now and again and their little sort of clubs of a night as well as the gentlefolks 
and it's my opinion miss as it's a man's duty to see as that sort of thing don't go too far and yet as his fellow-creatures has their bit of pleasure said thomas who naturally took the defensive side i am sure you are quite right said lucilla cheering up more and more and instinctively with her old statesmanlike breadth of view throwing a rapid glance upon the subject to see what capabilities there might be in it and i hope you will always try to exercise a good influence w what is all that noise and shouting out of doors it's one of the candidates miss said thomas as is addressing of the bargemen at the top of prickett's lane ah said lucilla and a deep sigh escaped from her bosom but you cannot do anything of that kind you know thomas without a wife yes miss said thomas with great confusion and embarrassment that was just what i was going to say me and betsy betsy said lucilla with dismay for it had been betsy she had specially fixed upon as the handy willing cheerful maid who when there was no gentleman coming in and little else to do might keep even this big house in order she sighed but it was not in her power even if she had desired it to put any restriction upon betsy's wishes and it was not without a momentary envy that she received the intelligence it was life the housemaid was about to enter on active life of her own with an object and meaning clogged by thomas no doubt who did not appear to lucilla as the bright spot in the picture but still independent life whereas her mistress knew of nothing particularly interesting in her own uncertain future she was roused from her momentary meditation by the distant shouts which came from the top of prickett's lane and sighed again without knowing it as she spoke it's a pity you had not got your little in said lucilla for the sake of euphony six months or a year ago for then you might have voted for mr ashburton thomas i had forgotten about the election until now not as that needn't stand in the way miss said thomas eagerly there's betsy's brother as has it now and he ain't made up his mind about his vote and if he knowed as it would be any comfort to you of course it will be a comfort to me said miss marchbanks and she got up from her chair with a sense that she was still not altogether useless in the world go and speak to him directly thomas and here's one of mr ashburton's colours that i made up myself and tell him that there can be no doubt he is the man for carlingford and send up nancy to me and i hope betsy and you will be very happy said lucilla she had been dreadfully down but the rebound was all the more grateful i am not done with yet and thank heaven there must always be something to do she said to herself when she was alone and she threw off her shawl and began to make the drawing-room look like itself not that it was not perfectly in order and as neat as a room could be but still the neatness savoured of betsy and not of lucilla miss marjoribanks in five minutes made it look like that cosy empire of hospitality and kindness and talk and wit and everything pleasant that it used to be and then when she had finished she sat down and had a good cry which did not do her any harm then nancy appeared disturbed in her preparations for dinner and with her arms wrapped in her apron looking glum and defiant hers was not the resigned and resourceful preparation for her face which had appeared in thomas she came in and put the door ajar and leant her back against the sharp edge she might be sent off like the rest if that was miss lucilla's meaning her that had been in the house off and on for more than thirty years 
but if it was so at least she would not give up without unfolding a bit of her mind come in said lucilla drying her eyes come in and shut the door you had better come and sit down here nancy for i have a great deal to say and i want to speak to you as a friend nancy shut the door but she thought to herself that she knew what all this meant and made but very little movement into the room looking more forbidding than ever thank you all the same miss lucilla but i ain't too old to stand she said and stood firm to meet the shock with her arms folded under her apron thinking in her heart that it was about one of the almshouses her horror and hope that her young mistress was going to speak nancy said lucilla i want to tell you what i am going to do i have to make up my mind for myself now they all go against me and one says i should do this and another says i should do that but i don't think anybody knows me so well as you do don't stand at the door i want to consult you as a friend i want to ask you a question and you must answer as if you were before a judge i have such confidence in you nancy's distrust and defiance gave way a little before this appeal she came a step nearer and let the apron drop from her folded arms what is it miss lucilla though i ain't pretending to be one to advise she said building a kind of entrenchment round her with the nearest chairs you know how things are changed said lucilla and that i can't stay here as i used to do people think i should go and live with somebody but i think you know if i was one of those ladies that have a faithful old servant to stand by them and never to grumble nor make a fuss nor go back on the past nor go in for expensive dishes one that wouldn't mind cooking a chop or making a cup of tea if that was all we could afford why i think nancy but nancy could not hear any more she made a little rush forward with a kind of convulsive chuckling that was half sobbing and half laughter and me here cried dr marchbanks's famous cook who had spent a fortune on her gravy beef alone and was one of the most expensive people in carlingford me as has done for you all your days me as would if it was but a roast potato cried the devoted woman she was in such a state of hysterical flutter and excitement that lucilla had to take her almost into her arms and put the old woman into a chair and bring her to which was an occupation quite in miss marchbanks's way but i shall have only two hundred a year said lucilla now don't be rash there will have to be a maid to keep things tidy and that is every farthing i shall have you used to spend as much in gravy beef said miss marchbanks with a sigh oh miss lucilla let bygones be bygones said nancy with tears if i did it wasn't without many a little something for them as was too poor to buy it for themselves for i never was one as boiled the senses out of a bit of meat and when a gentleman is well to do and hasn't got no occasion to count every penny the doctor i will say for him was never one as asked too many questions give him a good dinner on his own table and he wasn't the gentleman as grudged a bit of broken meat for the poor folks he did a deal of good as you nor no one never knowed of miss lucilla said nancy with a sob and then his daughter and his faithful old servant cried a little in company over dr marchbanks's vacant place what could a man have more nobody was made altogether desolate by his death nor was any heart broken 
but they wept for him honestly though the old woman felt happy in her sorrow and lucilla on her knees before the fire told nancy of that exclamation the doctor had made in john brown's office and how he had put his hand on her shoulder that last night all he said was poor lucilla sobbed miss marjoribanks he never thought of himself nor all his money that he had worked so hard for and once more that touch of something more exquisite than was usual to her went sharply down into lucilla's heart and brought up tenderer and deeper tears she felt all the better for it after and was even a little cheerful in the evening and like herself and thus it will be seen that one person in carlingford not it is true a popular oracle but of powerful influence and first-rate importance in a practical point of view gave the heartiest approbation to miss marchbanks's scheme for her new life end of chapter forty six recording by maricel quee